Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. Join us at Sonic Cinema Patreon at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. Every contribution of $3 or more, you'll get content including uh, discussions on my music, pieces that nobody's ever heard before, commentaries that nobody's ever heard before, as well as some advanced uh, reviews that I'm planning on rolling out here uh, coming up in the next couple months. And that is patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. Even if you just contribute the $1, that gets you onto my mailing list, and you'll get links to all of the reviews. And uh, that's patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. Today, I'm joined by a director of a uh, documentary about the evangelical Christian support for Donald Trump. His name is Christopher Allen Maloney, and he has made a movie called In God We Trump that he's been taking around to screenings and festivals, and now is has a Kickstarter campaign in order to uh, try to get funds so that he can have it released onto digital platforms like iTunes and Netflix and Amazon. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with uh, Christopher Maloney. Joining me today is the uh, director of a documentary that I uh, was uh, told about earlier this year. It is about the evangelical Christian uh, support for Donald Trump and uh, sort of trying to get to the bomb of why uh, evangelical Christians flock to somebody who is, for lack of a better term, uh, somewhat more morally dubious in his dealings. Uh, <coughs> and uh, Chris and the uh, director, Christopher Maloney, is uh, here. We're going to talk about the film. We're going to talk about um, his... Uh, is just him in general, and we're also uh, here to promote a Kickstarter they just started to try to raise funds in order to uh, get the film onto Amazon and Netflix. So thank you for joining me, Christopher Maloney. Thank you. So before we get to the uh, film specifically, In God We Trump, uh, <clears throat> what... What exactly uh, inspired you to get into filmmaking? Oh, well, um, I guess it started... I mean, I had always loved uh, movies when I was a kid, and it was kind of an inaccessible thing in a way because I grew up in a very rural part of Ohio, and the nearest movie theater was about 45 minutes away or so. So going to the movies was such an event and such a thing that I, I loved doing, but didn't get to do that often. So there was kind of a mystery surrounding it at that point. And when I did get to see them, um, it was just this thing that like, you know, some movies were so good. I think you and I are about the same age and we grew up in a time when all these amazing movies were coming out. Um, that was like kind of the golden age of, of Spielberg. Um, mm -hmm. he, he was the first 
filmmaker that I was really aware of. Like, mm-hmm. it, like seeing his name at the end of movies, it was um, like the, his name was at the end of all my favorite movies. So then it became like a tangible thing that there were people out there who made movies and it seemed like the same people made all the movies that I loved. So that was a connection for me when I was younger. And then I just kept with it and uh, went to journalism school and decided to use that to kind of um, go toward the approach of making documentary films. So I'm still at it. Are there particular, have you, have you gone too much? Have you gone that much into uh watching documentaries from other filmmakers and are there any in particular that have stood out to you? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, Werner Herzog is the first name that comes to mind and I, because he seems to, I mean, there seems to be nothing, uh, like safe or sanitary about <laughs> the films that, that he makes. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. He's, yeah. He's talked yeah. about, I, I, I'm confident that he would willingly die to make any of the films that he's made. And I admire that so much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's been locked up before he's put himself in harm's way many times just for the, for the sake of trying to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love that. Um, yeah, and for probably people, most of your listeners probably know who he is, but um, just just to mention that he uh, he's probably most well known for um, Grizzly Man, which I, I I love. I still think it's one of the best, um, just portraits of the inside of a, a human being's soul ever mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Uh, so I watch that usually every year or two. I go back and watch that just to kind of remind myself, like why I do what I do. Um, that's as far as documentary films, that, that for me is the gold standard, but, um, I, yeah, I love him and I love, um, uh, Steve James, Stephen Mm -hmm. James. And, um, well, I, Michael Moore also, I mean, he like, and then, um, even people like Ken Burns, I mean, they're always, they're all like radically different from each other. Uh, but they never make documentary films that seem like they could have been generically on the history channel or something. They always, you can always tell that it's from these specific individuals. Yeah. Um, so even though they're not telling their, their story, it's very clear who the storyteller is. Mm -hmm. Uh, have you gotten too much into, you mentioned Werner Herzog and yes, I, I'm a huge fan of Herzog's. Uh, myself, both his documentaries and his feature films. Uh, how familiar are you with uh, Errol Morris? Yeah, I, I know of Errol Morris. Um, he actually he's he's out here where I live, um, outside of Boston. So he's I mean he's definitely a big presence around here. But um, Gates of Heaven, of course, everybody should check out. Mm-hmm. And then he he he's cool because. Um, like he's another guy that if you see just a few seconds of a film, you can tell it's him because mm-hmm. of the way, the way he shoots, the way he like has the interview subjects looking right at you. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he, he does that in a really amazing way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he's, he's up there with 
Herzog as far as documentary filmmakers and Steve James, mm -hmm. you mentioned uh, right. Ken Burns, obviously, as far as long form. And mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you mentioned Michael Moore. And that's actually a good way to get into the subject of your film, uh, In God We Trump. And uh, just to give a... Uh, I know I had first uh, become aware of you through a mutual friend, Stu Deloney, and his uh, radio show, Snarky Faith. And uh, I had heard an interview that you had done with him about the film. Uh, but for people who haven't necessarily heard that, uh, where where exactly did the inspiration for In God We Trump come from? All along the, uh, the 2016 presidential campaign, um, there were a lot of things about it that were just... I was incredulous about because it, it, so much, I mean, as... as month by month went by, there was so much of it that was so hard to believe. Um, like we reached a point where it didn't even seem like reality anymore. Mm -hmm. And what, one of those things was that somehow um, the Republican nominee, Donald Trump, who had been, uh, you know, married three times and had not, not exactly very high moral standards, it seemed, and had, had made a fortune on, like, casinos. And uh, somehow that he got the support of the Christian vote, of evangelical Christians. And so that was, you know, I, I was raised evangelical. Um, I, I don't consider that part of my spiritual um, experience now, but I know that world very well. Mm -hmm. But because I haven't really gone to an evangelical church for several years, I had kind of lost touch with how willing they were to get in bed with, with anybody who was backed by the Republican party and anybody who hit a few of their check marks, mm -hmm. um, mostly like being against gay marriage and being against abortion. And they were, it seemed that they were willing to give, uh, they were willing to give character a pass. And so, you know, as a Christian, as somebody who was brought up in the evangelical tradition, um, I had to find out for myself why exactly they were so excited about him. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, that's how the whole thing got started. And I kept thinking, like when I, I'm not, I've never done a, political documentary before. Um, but I, I kept thinking like somebody who's more um, suited to do this kind of, to tackle this kind of topic is going to come along and do a film about this subject. And I kept waiting for that to happen and it didn't mm -hmm. happen. So, so I just kept going and, um, and the result is in God we Trump, but I, I, I didn't necessarily expect to find any conclusions. I just wanted to kind of open up the question about it and ask the right questions. Um, that said, I do think that if you watch the film, it will be much more clear to you um, why they voted for him and what each member of that relationship is getting from the other. Yeah. And it was really, it was really fascinating to, I mean, it's, 
we I normally don't discuss politics on this podcast because it's a movie website, but the fact of better is it's like it's impossible to talk about anything about po- not talk about politics with regards to this film, which is perfectly fine. Um, the the thing that blew my mind, apart from the fact that he actually got the nomination and he actually ended up getting elected, is the fact that evangelical, like, everybody thought that Ted Cruz going into the primaries was going to be the evangelical uh, darling. That evangelicals were going to head his way just because he seemed to capture that identity stronger than anybody else in the Republican uh, primary. And Mm -hmm. so the fact that Trump did it is just baffling to me. And uh, yeah, I, I, I had, I'd seen, you know, there you're like, you're saying, like you've said, there's not really a whole lot as far as nobody's really tackled the real nobody. There aren't really a whole lot of places that have really tackled that sort of question as to why the heck have evangelicals gone to Trump. I, mm-hmm. I will say, I, I will point out uh full front with Samantha B um, on TBS uh, the year of the primary, I think it was after Ted Cruz had gotten, uh, had had conceded, and uh, they talked about, well, how did Trump end up being the evangelical? And it pointed to the fact that the modern evangelical religious right, everybody assume everybody looks at their opposition to abortion as the main catalyst behind that movement. But if you go back a few years further, it was actually, uh, it goes back to uh, civil rights and Mm -hmm. basic white nativism. And uh, that was one of the more interesting things. And when you think about the rhetoric that Trump was uh, putting forth throughout the entire uh, campaign, as well as his presidency, it makes all the sense in the world you once you put it in that prism, it makes a lot of sense as to uh, why why that happened. It does, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> in a way, I mean, now that I've done the film, um, I'm not I'm not baffled by it anymore because they had been the the religious right and the Republican Party because they're associated with the religious right and then evangelicals because they make up that population uh they had been headed this way for a long time mm-hmm. and like you said it started like i mean probably like around the 60s like with the um people becoming more accepting in society of like homosexual relationships and mm-hmm. more accepting in society of uh like sex outside of marriage i mean that was so appalling to a a select group of people that they like their answer to it was to form the religious right to form the moral majority basically as a way to just say like we don't think this is morally acceptable and we want to keep our behavior and our prejudices normative Mm -hmm. and the people who want to veer out of that we're going to make them feel like second-class citizens because they're making us uncomfortable i mean that's yeah that's kind of what it was and it's gotten it's just gotten more and more escalated especially with like preachers who 
buy into that sort of thing and then they get really exposed on television and now like the internet mm-hmm. i mean anybody can like post a sermon on youtube or whatever where they can just say really pretty radical things but it's it's not it, it goes right in line with the most radical things that donald trump has said mm-hmm. i mean like you can there's a straight line between like his disregard and lack of respect for women and the evangelical uh, lack of respect for women. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just one example, but, um, or like his thinking that uh, climate change is a hoax and then evangelicals thinking climate change doesn't exist because God wouldn't allow it to exist or it does exist. And that's great because it's going to help bring on the destruction of the world. And we want the destruction of Mm -hmm. the world because we want Jesus to come back. It all, like it all lines up. They just hadn't had like, they hadn't had a, a, a candidate come out and say the most ridiculous things that they were already saying in church. Yeah. And, and when he did, they just went crazy for him. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I mean, it, you know, as, as terrible of a businessman as Trump actually is, he's mm-hmm. very shrewd as a salesman. Mm-hmm. And in the fact that it's like he know he he can understand exactly what he needs to say to get maximum impact, not just in the media, but in terms of the base that he is trying to gain support from. And uh, that's yeah, that's that's one of the things that when when you th- I mean, I, I am pegged right away that it's like does he necessarily believe all of these things that he's saying? I don't necessarily know, but I know his base ate it up. And I mean, that was, you know, and he has no, because of that, he has no motivation to say, look, I don't actually believe these things I'm saying. Or Mm -hmm. he may just believe them empirically anyway. I mean, this is a guy who took out full page ad in the New York Times calling for the execution of the Central Park Five, and I mean, somebody who you know racially discriminated in his hotels and apartment yeah. complexes, and so yeah, I mean, it's when when you were going about making the film, uh, those people have for those people who haven't seen it, it's it's largely it's got you do have a lot of interviews with people. Um, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of interviews with Trump supporters, uh, which you address in the film. Uh, what, what exactly did, what was the pushback that you had with regards to, uh, getting Trump supporters on, uh, screen? I, yeah, I tried so hard. I, I really wanted that. Um, I, I, I especially wanted somebody who was a Trump supporter and whose uh, idea of their Christian faith had led them to support him. Cause that's really like the main question I was trying to mm-hmm. get to. Um, I, I did speak to a, a lot of people who fit that criteria and just none of them, none of them would do an interview with me. Not mm-hmm. a single one. They, they were either like skeptical from the beginning or downright hostile and called me like the liberal media and um, 
which I guess I technically am, but <laughs> I would have, I would have, I would have treated them with respect and just yeah. asked honest questions and not tried to humiliate them. I just wanted them to have their say, but none of them would. I think part of it is that um, it, it, it's much easier to hold on to kind of uh, beliefs when they're not scrutinized because you're part of a mob and you have mob mentality. But when you try to separate one of them and ask them to sit down with you and have a conversation, mm -hmm. first of all, it's a lot harder and it's probably not as much fun for them either because they don't, they don't get to like wave a sign and scream in your face. They have to actually answer questions about it. Yeah. They might not, they might not be able to at least not have good answers. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was, that was what it was. Um, and it, it is still something that I, I wish I had been able to get, but the other thing is that I think, um, I, I think that they've made themselves pretty clear anyways. So I'm not sure I would have gotten a lot of insight from them. It still doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I, especially because you know, I still, even though I'm not like part of an evangelical church or anything anymore, I do, I do still consider myself a Christian. That's still my, um, like faith path. I still, I still am compelled by that. And what bothers me is that people have taken teachings that have been so like enlightening and inspiring for me and instead use them to, um, uh, excuse themselves from uh, excuse themselves from making a really bad choice and supporting somebody who obviously doesn't buy into it. Yeah. So like, I, I always think, I mean, if somebody voted for Trump because they were taken advantage of, or because they were vulnerable and gullible, I always think fine, whatever, or somebody who's always been a lifelong Republican and they're not willing to, to veer away from that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can kind of understand that, but when somebody says, like has been said before, that he was God's choice or that like God told them that, that they had to vote for Trump or that um, he's fulfilling a prophecy in the Bible, and that, that I get really upset about because yeah. that, that's a certain level of evil that I uh, hadn't seen until it happened. Mm-hmm. Well, and even even though you weren't able to uh, get any Trump supporters, I do feel like, and and I I certainly, on on the one hand, I I under, I quote unquote understand why they might have been hesitant, but at the same time, I I do feel like, even even though they didn't get a specific voice in terms of their like words on camera i do feel like you did treat the idea of you know i do think you treated um people who did vote for him uh with a degree of respect or at least um objectivity and it remind the film one of the films that remind the in god we trump remind me of and i mentioned in my review of it was uh jesus camp which oh, yeah. at uh, evangelical uh, Christianity as far as 
and uh, in terms of a specific uh, Bible camp that was being run. And uh, I one of the things that I like about that movie is that even though I I don't uh, subscribe to evangelical uh, thought, I'm not really particularly religious myself. Um, I feel like the filmmakers there were very even-handed and treated the subjects with respect. They did not show them in... They didn't treat them in a negative way, which would have really made the uh, film lesser. And I don't think... And I certainly don't feel like as as much as you could without anybody... uh, doing an interview with you, I, I feel like you, you at least uh, showed objectivity and really wanting to understand uh, what uh, compelled them to uh, follow uh, Donald Trump and to uh, vote for him. Yeah, there's a, a segment of the film where I, I compile a bunch of clips from the news of uh, Trump voters who now regret voting for him. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad and heartbreaking, like what they thought they were getting and what they got instead and how they were, their vulnerabilities were taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And there's a real distinction between that group of people. I really do have sympathy for them and the film has sympathy for them. And then the group of people who are already in power because they're, they're at a certain level of hierarchy in the evangelical world. They've sustained a certain amount, of, or they've secured a certain status. Mm-hmm. And and they use that status and that power to tell people in stations below them, you have to vote for Trump. Yeah. God wants you God wants you to vote for Trump. That those people I have no sympathy for. Yeah. Because they, they knew what they were doing. They were trying mm-hmm. to they were trying to keep their place and um, find somebody who who went along with their uh, outdated ideals. I mean, one of the guys we show in the film is uh, Jerry Falwell Jr., who's the president of Liberty University. And he said that uh, Trump is the evangelical dream president. And he, he still, I mean, he said that after he had already been in office for several months. So yeah. he still stands by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's, and I mean, it, well, first of all, the idea of him being the evangelical dream president is kind of hysterical in a lot of ways, because I could have sworn his father, other people were saying that about, uh, you know, Reagan and maybe even W, <laughs> but, yeah. um, <laughs> I think but, W actually was. I think yeah, he was like yeah. he was squeaky clean. Um, he he held their ideals. I think he was too politically correct for them. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were certain lines he wouldn't cross. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, he was he was about as good as it got for them. But one interesting thing that thing that Trump did was picking uh, Mike Pence as his vice mm-hmm. president because Pence is such a such an evangelical darling. I mean, they, he, he looks the right way. He behaves the right way for them. Um, and I think, I mean, Trump did that obviously with their vote in mind. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, and I mean that in in having Pence in there really uh it it really uh brings the evangelical vote back to the social issues that we usually associate with it in terms of abortion and homosexuality and uh all of all of that. Um so when you when the film has been released, uh I I don't know if you've have you done any uh Film festivals for it. I know that you've basically been taking the film around and doing uh, screening parties for mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, it it had its um, it, it screened in uh, Boston and New York at these little screenings, and then it's been like you said, it's been having like uh, private screenings that people have been hosting in their homes. But it had its premiere at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival in Montana back in February. Okay. And then it uh, played in the UK at the um, Newcastle International Film Festival um, a month or two ago. So it's it's played at a couple festivals. It's had several screenings. And then I was uh, invited down to this um, event, actually, and I mean, we mentioned Liberty University in the city of Lynchburg, Virginia, where Liberty mm-hmm. University is. There was this event happening that was um, like a, a purposeful response to uh, like toxic evangelicalism and mm-hmm. even like what some people called like uh, Trump evangelicalism. <laughs> but um, I brought um, segments of the film there and hosted a workshop where I showed different different moments from the film and showed how like there's a certain type of evangelicalism that's not Christian but it's still very influential and very powerful and that's like that's one of the things that this film is trying to expose mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think it does, I mean, my, personally, I mean, I'm, I'm very much in the anti-Trump camp. I mean, anybody who follows me on social media kind of knows that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, it's like, I, I think one of the things that, uh, I, I do think, I, I do think you can be skeptical of your subject. Um, and I, and I do think this is, I, I, when you mentioned Michael Moore, I mean, the, the obvious uh, film I would compare this to of his is uh, Fahrenheit 9-11, which he did about Bush and the uh, Iraq War and the response to 9-11. And um, I, I do think that one of the things that both film... I, I, one of the things that I think that type of film can do is I, I think it can go pretty deeply into a specific aspect of an individual's um, politics or worldview and uh, really sort of get to the, try to get to the heart of it and expose it in a way that, I mean, yes, it's going to come off as biased to the people who support that individual, but at the same time, I, I do think, it it does it's it's kind of disheartening that you know you have trump supporters who are you know who 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 just won't accept anything that they they would see as threatening to their view of trump mhm 
Yeah, I um, I mean, there's a reason that I uh, this problem, this relationship, this kind of symbiotic relationship between Trump and evangelicals. It's been people have mentioned it in articles. It's kind of been looked at a little bit, but it's never been looked at with this much depth, to my knowledge. Yeah. And and the other thing is that I I'm not. Um, not a politician or a social scientist or anything like that. I, I'm a filmmaker. That's all I really know how to do. So this is, it, it's in story form. You get to see it unfold as a story. And like people's brains open up in a way when they hear stories that they don't open up in other venues. Like mm-hmm. it, it, would be, it would be much different getting this information in a textbook or like in a PowerPoint than it is to see it in a film. Yeah. So my hope is that people can go in for a good story and really learn something that's very threatening and very immediate at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, uh, let's move to the uh, Kickstarter for a second, because that was part of the reason why we, uh, we, we got this uh, interview in when we did. You currently have a uh, Kickstarter that you started last week uh, in order to raise funds in the hopes of getting the film on distribution outlets like Netflix and Amazon. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you could uh, talk to to us about that and uh, maybe plug the uh, link for that. Right. Well, if uh, on Kickstarter, it's called In God We Trump Release because... um, like I, I, I kind of say in the setup of the of the Kickstarter project, like I've spent the last year or so of my life um, making this film, and I mentioned already like where it's it's screened at a few places and it's it's gotten seen by a, by a good ma- amount of people, but it's not it hasn't gotten out there enough. I want it to be I want it to be available to the entire public. So this is our. This is our attempt to do that by we're working with an aggregator that is going to get it onto iTunes, Amazon Video, places like that, possibly Netflix, and then it'll be you know available in everyone's home to see this and to see this thing that's happening in our country. Um, so like I said, it's called In God We Trump Release. If people want to find me on Facebook, it's Christopher Allen Maloney. I'll have links to it there. And then on Twitter, it's at Maloney's Movies, and um, I'll have links to it there also. But we're, we've been going for – yeah, it started like a week ago, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. And um, we're 30% funded, so we've got two more weeks to go. And, uh, yeah, with just trying to get there. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and uh, I'll definitely be including a link – on to uh on the uh post with uh this podcast and uh i i don't know that i actually follow you on twitter yet um i'll definitely uh be sure to do that and uh tweet out that link for uh people who follow me on twitter and uh also the sonic cinema facebook page um Mm -hmm. before we close uh what um do you is it have you are you still basically primarily focusing on uh, in God we Trump right now, or do you have ideas for different projects coming down the pipeline? Yeah, actually, um, 
before he got elected, I was working on a narrative film uh, based on a short film that I directed a couple of years ago. And I was working on uh, getting like a budget together for that. The script is written and then he got elected and I felt like I had to put that on hold and tackle this subject instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, now that we're, you know, getting it released, um, I guess I'll go back to that. Okay. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely be curious to, uh, you know, to see updates on how that goes for you. Um, mm-hmm. well, uh, well, Christopher, thank you very much for, uh, Join me today. Uh, I don't know that I have much of anything else specifically. Uh, if you want to uh, plug your, uh, you've already done a little bit of your social media as well as uh, any other websites that you have. Uh, yeah, the uh, the website is ingodwetrumpfilm.com. So uh, don't go to ingodwetrump.com. I can't vouch for that. <laughs> but I think... Um, that might be something very, very antithetical to what we're working on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's in godwetrumpfilm.com. And uh, be sure to find the Kickstarter at uh, In God We Trump Release. Um, thank you very much for uh, joining me, Christopher. And uh, before we uh, sign off here, and before you and I finish up uh, officially, I'll uh, just do a quick... Uh, I'll. Uh, turn off the uh, record and make sure everything's saved and stuff like that. So all that's good. And then we'll uh, go ahead and finish up. But Chris, Chris, uh, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. I'd like to thank Chris for joining me today. That is kickstarter.com. Just look up In God We Trump Release if you'd like to contribute to that. Um, or check out the website In God We Trump Film. It's a really fascinating documentary. It's an interesting documentary uh, about his uh, subject. He does a really good job with it. And uh, I hope you enjoy that. Coming up, I have a filmmaker interview that I did a couple weeks ago with a couple filmmakers who've uh, made a couple movies available this coming year, uh, this past year. And I'm looking forward to uh, sharing that discussion. I also have discussions with uh, one of my best friends on a movie that means a lot to me. Uh, Some more discussions on film uh, with past uh, contributors and uh, much more. I've got a lot planned for the coming year. It's going to be quite a ride. So thank you very much. This is uh, Brian Scuttle, and I hope you enjoy And until next time, thank you for joining me on the Sonic Cinema Podcast.